We're three months into the coronavirus pandemic and the United States and perhaps the whole world is on the verge of another health crisis. The daily doses of how many people died, the isolation, the fear, it's causing a global psychological trauma. In the United States, I know we have listeners all around the world, but in the United States, federal agencies and experts are talking about a historic wave of mental health problems, depression, substance abuse, post-traumatic stress disorder, and even suicide. Nearly half of Americans report the coronavirus crisis is harming their mental health. A federal emergency hotline for people in emotional distress registered more than a thousand percent increase in April compared with the same time last year. Online therapy company Talkspace reported a 65% jump in clients since mid-February. And a big part of why people are signing up to Talkspace are the fears and anxiety around the coronavirus. So these are stressful times. It's not just about our health either. It's about our livelihoods. It's about our future. But at the same time, warnings about stress, freaking out about stress is also stressful and bad for our health and might make us even more susceptible to the illness that we're all so concerned about. What's up, my friend? I'm health expert Ted Rice, and welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. If this is your first time listening, what we do in this show is we break down science-based information on how to lose fat, prevent disease, and live a longer, healthier, and legendary life. Today, we're not going to be talking about nutrition or exercise. We're going to be talking about stress and how we have the power to change our mindset. So I want to ask you, on a scale one to 10, how stressed are you feeling? One being the least, 10 being the most. I had a client the other day tell me they were at a 12 when I asked that question. Where are you? What is your outlook? Do you have an optimistic outlook or is it pessimistic? Are you confident in your ability to adapt to whatever situation presents itself and to keep your life going? Have you moved past that initial stage of denial? Have you moved past the next stage of anger? And have you moved eventually to acceptance of our situation? These are the things that we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to be talking about how our perspective affects our stress levels, because this is huge. It sounds like some positive psychology BS, but it's not. And we're also going to be talking about some techniques that you can do. And in other words, we're going to be talking about how to expand your toolkit or your tool, tool belt, whatever you're into as far as tools are concerned, how to add a few techniques there so that you can start to combat the stress when it starts to overwhelm you. 
Before I go on, I want to share with you this. I know something a little bit about stress. This isn't my first rodeo here with the coronavirus quarantine. Many of you know my personal story about my mother, my brother, my sister, but you you may not have heard of this. First time I went to the emergency room for my panic attack issues, my anxiety that led to a panic attack. I was in my early 30s. My heart started beating out of its ch- out of my chest and I was convinced I was going to die. I had my girlfriend at the time drive me to the uh, emergency room, Mount Sinai Emergency Room in Miami Beach. Let me tell you, the doctors there were not impressed. <laughs> I was in, I, I looked like I was in pretty good shape. Fun fact, the doctor asked me, have you been taking cocaine and Viagra? That's what they asked me. I was like, no. And in full disclosure, I did smoke a little marijuana with my girlfriend, but there was no cocaine or Viagra. Not into either of those, but they drug tested me anyway. And uh, they didn't do anything for me. They're like, oh yeah, you're drug tested. Okay, so it wasn't drugs. Oh. And they didn't do anything for me. They just kept me in the hospital. They checked to make sure that I didn't have a heart attack. They checked for cardiac enzymes and they sent me on my way. I think I paid $5,000 for that visit. And I had, I'm pretty sure I had insurance at the time too. My second time, I was with uh, Giselle and my heart started pounding and I freaked out, had her drive me to the hospital. That was in my late 30s. I forget exactly. I'm sure she remembers. My heart started pounding out of my chest. I was convinced I was going to die. And I've struggled. Uh, so, so long story short, I went to the hospital. They, the same thing happened. They didn't do anything for me. They sat me there. They monitored me. And again, it was a $5,000 bill, even though I had insurance. Gosh, I was thinking about that now. This can be very expensive. Health can be extremely expensive if you don't get it handled. Question to think about now is how much has your health cost you? It's cost me quite a bit. So why am I sharing that with you? Because I want you to understand that I've got a lot of personal experience with this. I I guess a, a lot of motivation to figure out the solution. And fast forward to now, I cured myself of panic attacks and anxiety. Let's not say anxiety. I still get anxious, but it's way less. And I have not had a panic attack in two years, and I didn't need drugs to overcome it. And I also want to say this, I'm going to share with you what I personally learned and what I personally teach, but depending on your situation, what is causing your anxiety and stress right now, you know, well, I'll say it like this, what I'm going to share with you is going to help overall, but it may not cure the situation because there may be underlying things that you need to deal with. Cool? Cool. So let's hop into it. There's an alternative approach to going crazy with stress and the coronavirus. We can actually use that stress to improve our health, our well-being, and our productivity. Over a decade of research suggests that it's not the type or amount of stress that determines its impact. It's your perspective, your mindset 
about stress that matters most. Sounds like positive psychology BS, but this is this is 10 years over 10 years of research we're talking about. For example, in one study of 30,000 Americans, those who had the highest stress levels were 43% more likely to die only if they believed that stress was bad for their health. Conversely, those who experienced high stress but didn't view it as harmful were the least likely to die compared to any other group in the study, including people who experienced very little stress. Now, there's a, a fine line here, and we'll, we'll talk about that, but just let that sink in. And do we have the power to change our mindsets about stress, our perspectives about the stress, even about the stress that we're under right now? Oh my gosh, financially. Oh my gosh, you know, oh, what am I going to do financially? What's going to happen? What's our new world going to look like? Am I going to have to wear a mask? All those things that you're concerned about. And the answer is yes, of course. And what I'm going to talk to you about today is how to, adopt a stress is enhancing, stress is motivating mindset. And once you learn this technique, you're going to feel fewer negative health symptoms like poor sleep, like that tired but wired feeling, that, oh, I can't turn off my mind feeling. And you're going to experience increased work performance. And you're going to do it without changing the external world, you're going to do it by changing internally. In other words, you we're not going to change the amount of stress you're under, but we're going to change how you're experiencing your stress. And as a result, you're going to be healthier and perform better. And listen, it's not going to happen overnight, but it is possible. This is what I work with, with, uh, you know, the entrepreneurs that I work with, the executives, the high-performing professionals, this is what I help my clients with. So let's get into it. Step number one, acknowledging your stress. The first step to making stress work for you is to simply acknowledge it, own it. What does that mean? And why does this work? You know how I talk a lot about experience is the best way to learn because if we intellectualize, it doesn't create a lasting change, but experience does. Well, right now I want to use that in reverse because right now you're having an experience in whether you like it or not. I mean, I'm in quarantine in Colombia, have been here for, for uh, two months, March 16th, April 16th, May 16th, going on two months. And it, it looks like it's going to be two months and a half before I get out, before I can sit down at one Valdez Cafe and have myself a cappuccino tradicional or uh, eat at La Hacienda, which is this restaurant that has delicious Colombian food. So we're all having this experience. And I'm going to ask you now, I want you to acknowledge your stress. I want you to think about it. And I want you to label it because labeling your stress consciously and deliberately moves neural activity from your amygdala, which is your threat detection center, the center of fear in your brain, to your prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for executive control and planning. 
We want to move it from that reactionary, uh, deep, primal, emotional center of fear to the part of your brain that's responsible for all the amazing things in civilization, like cities and the internet and going to the moon and uh, international flights. That's the part of your brain that's responsible for all these amazing things, the, the prefrontal cortex, that is. And right now, the amygdala is in control. Amygdala helps you short-term run from the tiger. Or as uh, if you remember my, my interview with Kirk Parsley, he said, nobody remembers their phone number in a gunfight. And he's a former Navy SEAL, so that's an apt example for him to use, an appropriate example for him to use. But right now, you're, you're kind of in a gunfight. And you can't think about basic things when that amygdala is working. And, and I say you're in a gunfight, but you're actually not in a gunfight. A lot of this is in your mind. There aren't bullets whizzing past you. The threat of the coronavirus is real, but if we look at the numbers, it's affecting elderly and those with comorbidities and the people, and, and most people don't even know they have it, right? I was gonna, about to go on a tangent, but I, I'm going to stay on track here. So when we start to say, okay, I am stressed, let me take a moment. Because when, when we try to avoid thinking about something, say how stressed you are about the coronavirus, your brain tries to help you not think of the thing by constantly checking in and to see if you're thinking about it, right? It's kind of like lying in bed, like, all right, time to go to bed, time to go to bed. Let's focus on going to bed. All right, yeah, I got to wake up early. Let's go to bed. How, how well does that work, right? You can't not think about it. So think about it. Say, oh, I am really stressed about this. I am really, you know, I'm fearful about this. So this is an opportunity to understand at what, uh, what's at the heart of your personal stress and anxiety right now. Are you more worried about getting sick? Are you worried about a family member who might get sick? What are you worried about right now, specifically? Are you more stressed about balancing work from home with family responsibilities? Or is it long-term financial something? Did you lose your job? Are you worried about losing your job? What is it specifically? Because once you determine what's stressing you specifically, you can also examine your reactions to this situation. What emotions are you experiencing? Are you frustrated? Are you sad? Are you angry? And what do you notice in your body? Do you feel tightness in your neck and shoulders or do you have difficulty sleeping? Do you just walk through the day feeling like, gosh, you know, I'm trying to be productive here, but I'm really, I feel fried, right? I just feel like this stress. I feel fried. And the next step after acknowledging your stress is to realize, is to connect with, to understand that you care about this because it's important. What do I, what do I mean by that? Connect it with your values. Welcome the stress. In fact, you can say this, I'm worried about this in my life. I'm worried about my loved ones. Like I'm worried about my dad. Can't say I'm worried about too worried about finances. We're doing well in spite of this. I mean, everybody's online. Everybody's looking. Everybody who would never 
consider virtual coaching before is now like, well, everything's virtual now. So, you know, but uh, what I want you to say, I want you to own the reasons, connect your stress with the values. I'm stressed about, this is how we do it, right? I'm stressed about the coronavirus because I deeply care about, you know, if his finances, it might be to provide for my family. I want to put money away for my children uh, for college. I want to go on vacation as soon as this is over. I want, I'm deeply stressed about the coronavirus because I deeply care about my family. I'll tell you a big source of stress personally is my dad. He, he was doing bad. I shared that with you in case, in case, uh, well, I, I shared that with you earlier in earlier podcasts, in case you don't know. He uh, fell and couldn't get up, went to the hospital. They started fixing him up. Then they transferred him to a inpatient physical therapy program. And he was doing really well. Why? Because he was exercising every day and they were taking care of him. Basically, the exercise every day right? They're getting him up and moving and doing occupational therapy every day and physical therapy every day. And now he's back home and starting to fall apart again. And I'm stuck in Colombia, So I'm deeply stressed about that because I deeply care about my dad. So what are you stressed about? And what are the deeper reasons? So connect your stress with your values. Why are we going to do that? Because connecting to the core values behind, behind your stress sets you up for the third and most essential step that we're going to talk about today, taking action to achieve your goals, right? Because in spite of what your amygdala may tell you, there are opportunities right now. I don't know your specific situation, but there are opportunities to make yourself feel better. There's opportunities financially. There's opportunities in so many ways, but we need to think clearly. That's number one, acknowledge your stress. We need to understand that this, the way we feel is connected to our values. And then three, we need to take action. We need to turn the stress into motivation to achieve more and to connect more deeply with the things that matter most. This episode is sponsored by Organifi. Do you want to know a secret that all my coaching clients follow? It's really simple, but powerful. Add vegetables into each meal. But let's be honest, most of us, including myself, don't eat the recommended servings of vegetables and fruits each day. So for those of us who are on the go or have trouble eating healthy, having a greens powder makes it easy to get your greens in every single day, no matter how busy you are. And that's why I use and recommend Organifi Green Juice, a superfood powder that you just add water to so that you can get your greens in even when you're on the go. The best thing about Organifi Green Juice is that it actually tastes great. But don't believe me, try it for yourself and use the code TED20, that's capital T-E-D, the number 20 at www.organifi.com. That's Organifi.com to receive 20% off your first order. But hurry, this is a limited time discount for Legendary Life listeners. 
Now, back to the episode. So ask yourself this, are your typical responses in alignment with your values behind your stress? So for example, if you're worried about a family member getting sick, like I am, is snapping at them for not taking care of themselves the best way to do it? The answer is no. I've been on my dad. I had to, I'll tell you a story. I got on him. He's upset because his knee is highly inflamed and it's causing him pain. And he wants doctors to pay attention to him. But all the doctors want to do is give him pain pills to shut him up because we're in the, uh, to manage his symptoms because we're in a, a, a pandemic, right? Because there's people very sick. There's people who are sick and dying all the time. And then there's an added number of people due to the coronavirus because no, we don't have any immunity to it. It's a novel. That's what the novel coronavirus means, right? We don't have immunity to it. Our, our immune systems aren't trained for it. And uh, I snapped at him and I had to apologize. I called him up, even though I feel like I was totally justified, right? And you might feel justified too. But the thing is this, it doesn't work, <laughs> I called him up. I said, dad, I apologize for the way uh, I talked to you the other day. I, I care about you deeply. I started crying. So I care about you a lot. You know, I don't want anything to happen to you. And I, and I feel hopeless, uh, not hopeless, sorry, helpless because I'm here and I can't be there. And that's where that's coming from. But what can we do? Who can we call to help? Right. Instead of just snapping at him and telling him, hey, you know, get your act together. <laughs> I said, well, what can we do, dad? Who do we need to talk to? What, what are some things that you, you think you can do? And that worked a lot better. Or if you're worried about the impact of uh, the coronavirus on society, is watching the news 24-7 the best way to support your community? And the answer is, of course, it's not. All you're doing is passively consuming information that is driving up your stress levels. So let's go over this again. Number one, acknowledge that you're stressed and get, get into the reasons why, specific reasons why. Then two, connect it with your values. I am deeply stressed about this because it's going to affect this because I deeply care about what? And then three, look at your reaction to the stress that you're under. Look at your actions and reaction, reactions, and ask yourself, is this in alignment with what I care about? And more importantly, is this getting results? Is this getting results? And then think about how you might change your actions, your responses to better facilitate your goals and your purpose. There's so much happening right now that we can't control. Actually, it ha that's all the time, but we really feel it now. But as many people are starting to notice, there are also unprecedented opportunities. In fact, some right <laughs> part of this problem is that we were all in our comfort zones complaining about you know the usual things that we all complain about, and then this has forced our hand. Now we're in outside of our comfort zones, whether we like it or not, all, all of us, myself included. But here's the thing. Some people 
argue that true transformation can only happen during times of stress or crises. I can tell you that's true for me. With the tragedies in my life, they were transformative. And you can use crises, tragedies, trauma to level up in your life. I mean, I've done it. Other people do it. You can do it too. You may have already done it, but may have forgotten. And the trick is you've got to channel that stress into something proactive. And that might sound like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, that is so unreasonable. It's overly optimistic. It's just silly to even consider. But I want you to consider the alternative. Failing to embrace stress creates more stress, especially because you take no action. And the last thing I want to kind of talk about here is some techniques. So we talked about some techniques, some mindset shifts, right? Acknowledging your stress. We talked about connecting it with your values, understanding the reason that you're stressed is because you care. And then thirdly, looking at your actions that you're taking, your, the behaviors that you have right now and asking yourself, okay, if I feel this way because I care, are my actions actually doing something to solve the problem? Now we're going to dive just briefly into two different things because what I've found happens, this has happened to me. I've had to change quite a bit. I've had to change some of my behaviors quite a bit. For example, when I first got to Columbia, I was drinking a lot of coffee. And you know what? You know how everybody says, oh, don't drink coffee. It'll affect your sleep. Wasn't affecting my sleep. And I've never drank this much coffee in my life. Why? I was having a good old time. Business was going well. It was kind of funny. Business is actually going a little bit better now, but I don't feel as good about it. <laughs> it's funny, right? And maybe you... Uh, maybe you resonate with that. We're all under, again, it's like we're all under this stress. I've been crying more than usual. <laughs> crying more than usual. I don't cry that much in general, but, uh, you know, I've broken up. My, my wife and I are separated. That's probably my biggest stress in a way is the loneliness and in, in that I feel not specifically from not having people around, but from, from being separated from her. I mean, we talk every day. We run our business together. I love her deeply, but uh, being separated is tough. So to bring this back, you know, I've had to change my habits. I was doing okay with the coffee and actually I was sleeping very poorly too because of the place that I was in. What does that mean? Well, the blinds in the bedroom let the sun in. They, they sucked. And I'll just leave it at that. The blind sucked. I ended up moving to a much smaller place because it had blackout blinds. Because as soon as the quarantine started, I was feeling like I was falling apart. So I want to ask you that. Are you being, is your sleep being affected or is your circadian, are your circadian rhythms being disrupted by blue light exposure at night or if your bedroom is uh, not properly outfitted with the right things, blackout blinds, for example, getting rid of all the lights in your room. And um, 
The second thing is physiological hyperarousal. That's just a fancy, sciencey way of saying, are you wired because of too, ma- too many stress hormones? What can do that? Watching the news all the time, drinking too much coffee like I was, getting into arguments on social media. Someone tried to start an argument with me yesterday. I saw nothing good was going to come of it. I just blocked that person. Ooh, watching violent videos. Those can all lead to increased stress hormones. The other thing that I want you to consider is cognitive hyperarousal. In other words, I can't turn off my mind. So let's talk about that. Now, circadian disruption, you should know by now from listening to this podcast about sleep, about um, what you need to do to sleep better. If you don't, go to Legendary Light Podcast, type in sleep, listen to all the episodes. I've done so many episodes on sleep. I don't need to rehash that here. And for physiological hyperarousal, in other words, if you're wired, well, that might involve cutting down on caffeine. Like I'm drinking coffee right now, but I'm drinking decaf because the caffeine was pushing me over the edge and I was having trouble sleeping at night. Whereas before I didn't have a problem. So this this goes back to the initial things we were talking about where where you need to check in with yourself because maybe your routine was okay before, but now it's not. For me, sleeping five hours and 45 minutes and drinking a lot of coffee and and being woken up in the morning, the only reason that I'd only sleep that little was because I'd wake up in the morning because the sun, because the blinds sucked. And then I would get up, I would walk to Juan Valdez, order my cappuccino, the best, most delicious cappuccino I've ever had in my life from this place, Juan Valdez. They're like Starbucks here in Colombia. And um, that routine no longer worked for me. It was causing too much physiological hyperarousal in addition to, it was getting me too wired in addition to all the things that are wiring me, increasing my stress hormones. And the cognitive hyperarousal, in other words, that racing mind, worry, uncertainty, Now, what can we do for those? Well, I'll tell you, there are many things, but I want to give you something that you can do right now. So if you feel wired, maybe you're not even drinking any coffee, or maybe you're drinking very little, or you're on the decaf like me, what you can do, I want you to download the iBreathe app. Why? Because it's free trying to hook you up here. There's another app that's kind of cool, but I breathe and just like iPhone, not, not connected with Apple in any way. It just, we're smart and using the name. And then, uh, then what you do go to intervals. You can pause this by the way, while you download it. And when you uh, have it downloaded, then come back. So go to intervals And you can try some of the breathing. They've got the four, seven, eight, where you inhale for four seconds, hold for seven, exhale for eight. That's an interesting one. The Ujjayi, which is a seven second in hold. uh, uh, That's called ocean breath, by the way. It's a breathing technique employed in a, a variety of Taoist and yoga practices. 
where you breathe in for seven seconds, out for seven seconds. And then box breathing, which is uh, what you probably have heard a lot about. Breathe in for five seconds, hold for five seconds, out for five seconds, hold for five seconds. So those are the three. I, I have a custom interval. You can even play around if you find that there's a specific custom interval that works better for you. For me, I have it on seven seconds in, one second hold, nine seconds out, and in, uh, and one second hold after I breathe out. And I do that for 51 cycles for a total of 50, uh, 15 minutes. And it works. Actually, I, I usually double up. I've been doubling up recently. And I do that while I'm watching TV. So here's why I'm telling you this. You can do that while you're watching TV. It will calm you down. In fact, I do this. I've been doing this at night and it just, I start falling asleep when I, I'm wired watching my Netflix and then I start doing this breathing. I just hold the phone in my hand. I turn off the noise and I just use the vibration and I start, and my eye, my left eye gets so heavy. So this is something that you can do. You can experiment with while you're doing other things. And for the tired but wired, let's say you're trying the breathing, but you're having a hard time. If you're having that cognitive hyperarousal, the worry, the uncertainty, what I would recommend is trying meditation. I started with the Headspace app. I do something very different now. But every time I try to turn people on to what I do now, people are like, no, I don't know. I don't know. If I take people through it, they feel it. But if I give them the, the app, they don't feel it. So I'm into somatic meditation. Maybe I'll take you through one sometime. But uh, get Headspace. Use their 10-day free trial. Challenge yourself to meditate 10 minutes. I recommend doing it in the morning to help pre- prevent the buildup of stress instead of waiting because it's going to be easier to do. It's going to be easier to learn when you're not in that hyper-aroused state. Does that make sense? When your amygdala is already firing on all cylinders and you're trying to do something, that's probably not going to work out so well for you. You're like, I can't do this. It's what most people say when, when I ask them about meditation. They get to the point where they just can't do it. I'll tell you something. Meditation can change your life. I don't talk about it that much, but I meditate every day. It will change your life. It will change your productivity. It will change your relationship to stress. It will put you in the driver's seat. You will understand that, ah, whenever I feel stressed or whenever I feel like, whenever my body feels too wired, whenever my mind can't focus, whenever, you know, I feel worry, uncertainty, I have the power to calm it down. All right. So I'm going to wrap things up, but I just want to do a, a bit of a recap here. First, is acknowledging your stress. Why? Because it moves the activity from your amygdala into your prefrontal cortex so that you can start problem solving, so that you can start using that executive functioning part of your brain. Two is connect with your values. I'm feeling stressed because I feel stressed about this because I deeply care about what? And then three is Okay, if I if I'm deeply stre- if I'm stressed about this because I deeply care about this, how are my behaviors supporting my values right now? Then four 
is you've got to look at your physiology. Are your circadian rhythms being disrupted because you have a suboptimal environment for sleep? Are you messing up your circadian rhythms by going to bed and waking up at different times? Are you tired but wired and having trouble getting to bed because you feel that way or waking up in the middle of the night because you feel this way or waking up too early in the morning because you feel this way? Or are you suffering from that racing mind, the worry, the uncertainty? And again, forget about taking supplements and doing that type of thing. The most powerful thing that you can do is to do what I told you today. Download the iBreathe app, play around, turn off the notifications, the noise, unless you like it. Use the vibrations in the settings, hold it in your hand. And while you're at work or while you're watching TV, do 20 minutes or do whatever you can. Start with five minutes, 10 minutes, but shoot for 20 minutes. After 20 minutes of doing this breathing, you will feel that this changes your physiology. And actually, if you do this regularly, it strengthens your vagus nerve to where you'll feel less stressed in general. We'll talk about that on another time, but I wanted to mention it now. And then if you're, if you're suffering from the racing mind, download Headspace. Do the meditation when you're already in a good state. Don't wait until you're in a bad state to start to learn to meditate. When you're, when you're learning to meditate, you have to do it in a state where you're not super stressed. So do it first thing in the morning. If you feel stressed later on that day, do it again. But do it first thing in the morning, 10 minutes of your day. Oh, but I, you know, I can't stop. I'm uh, just do it. <laughs> just go through the process. Of course, it's going to be difficult. You're learning something new. And if you do these things, you're going to make stress work for you. This works, but only if you take action on it. And speaking of action, two things I want to tell you here are if you want to join our free challenge, we're going to be doing, we're not sure what this, we're, we're in the middle of a challenge right now. We're not sure when we're going to launch the other one, but uh, the next one, sorry, but we will be doing it. And if you want some coaching for me, if you want to try out my coaching for free, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash challenge. And the next thing that I want to with you is a, the Real Talk Friday. It's going to be on how to make yourself the health guru. In other words, instead of looking to other people for answers, how can you learn from other people but start to get the answers from for yourself, for what works in your life. That's what we're going to be talking about. Really excited to share that with you. Hope you enjoyed today. Stay strong, stay focused, be in action. Make sure your actions are leading to the results that you want in your life for the things that you care about in your life. I love you. That's all I've got. And I'll speak to you on Friday.